I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunners. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot, going hot, there is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk about all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed. It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Hey everybody, this is Toby Leary. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm your host. I'm co-owner of Cape Gunworks in beautiful Hyannis, Cape Cod, Massachusetts. So if you're tuning in, welcome. If you're listening online, if you're on our social media channels, welcome to that as well. You can always hear the archive of the show in a podcast format on our website at capegunworks.com. Click on Rapid Fire you can get the past episodes and the archive there for some great content. And we're really happy you're here. So a lot going on with the Second Amendment world. And you throw into an election cycle, you throw into the mixed pandemics, and you throw in, uh, you know, civil unrest. And guess what? People want to buy guns. People who never thought they'd want to buy guns want to buy guns. And why is that? Why do you think they want to buy guns? Well, the answer is pretty obvious. The gun is the great equalizer. Um, you know, you can have a 76-year-old lady who's five foot nothing and 100 pounds if she's being attacked by somebody who's 250 pounds and, you know, a very able, athletic, you know, criminal, if you will, uh, willing and wanting to do her harm. Well, the gun brought into the mix with some proper training can certainly... Uh, you know, level the playing field. Um, and everybody understands this. The one thing that most people don't understand is the gun is not some magic talisman that will vaporize your opponents once it's produced. So you still need to train and learn how to use, how to, how to shoot your gun efficiently and safely. And you want to make sure that, you know, you get enough reps in so that your body can respond naturally in a critical dynamic incident. Critical dynamic incident um, is a fancy way of describing the worst case scenario or when the mierda hits the ventilator or, you know, the crap hits the fan, so to speak. So, uh, yeah, that's defined in three ways. So the dynamic critical incident is, A, it's surprising. You didn't know it was going to happen. If you did, you wouldn't have went there, right? If you knew there was a guy hiding behind the dumpster with a machete ready to lop your head off, you wouldn't have walked out that way. You would have decided to go a different route that night. I'm sure of it. Number two is it's uh, it's chaotic. So you don't have any control of the situation. You're responding to it. It's unfolding as it as it goes. You didn't have... Um, you know, control of it, and it's it's just unfolding. You're responding to it, so it's chaotic. And third is it's dangerous, but there's a little asterisk at the end of the dangerous part in which the proper response is to shoot your gun. So if, um, you know, if you don't have the 
proper response to shoot your gun, you might have a dynamic critical incident, like you're driving through an intersection and a semi-truck blows a stop sign and he's flying down the interstate at you or the or the road at you. Obviously, it's not the time to pull out your gun and start shooting. It's the time to counter-steer, hit the brake, hit the gas, drive into the ditch, whatever you got to do to stay alive, right? But that's still a dynamic critical incident. But the one we're talking about has that asterisk, and that is it's time to shoot your gun. So that's what we train for in the real world here, um, hoping that we never need to use it. But if we do, we are, you know, sufficiently trained and we do this on a regular basis uh, through frequent and realistic training so that we can respond more efficiently during that dynamic critical incident. So that being said, um, if you're going to buy a gun for personal protection, learn how to use it. Get some good training. Get some jump in a class. And, uh, you know, it's not like riding a bike. You definitely have to train and learn, and, and it's a perishable skill as well. So once you do train and learn how to use it, then you got to maintain that. So there you have it. That's also very hard to do these days with a lack of ammunition. So uh, I'm as frustrated as everybody else is about that. So it's crazy. But anyway, um, we have your questions are starting to roll in here. So if you guys who are listening on the radio here on 95.1 WXTK, you want to be a part of the discussion. You don't want to just listen you want to be a part and you want to ask questions, then you need to subscribe to our social media channels. Love them or hate them, they're here to stay. So the easiest way to do that is go to our website, capegunworks.com, and click on Rapid Fire and get signed up, and you will be alerted whenever we're going to record the show so you can be a part of the discussion. So that has been a big part of the show is just answering people's uh, questions and taking uh, calls and whatnot. So somebody's asking me a real question here. MP says, if you were to be honest, is there a piece of you that is happy about the election because it's good for your business? Now, I get this question a lot more than you might think. And uh, I actually had a friend who is not a gun guy, but he used to just follow me on social media and whatnot. And when uh, Clinton was running against Trump in 2016, he would be like secretly saying like, man, you got to be praying that Hillary gets in. And, you know, there, there could be nothing further than the truth. I first and foremost am a dyed in the wool Second Amendment advocate and lover of freedom and nothing... Um, nothing upsets me more than any time I see restrictions or legislation that is proposed or implied or talked about uh, coming against our, our civil rights. And so when uh, Trump was elected, uh, he asked, he called me and he said, I got to hand it to you, man. You never broke on your secret desire to see Hillary elect. I go, dude, it ain't a secret desire. I feel that, you know, Donald Trump was going to be a better advocate for the Second Amendment. There's a lot of people that even debate that. Second Amendment people think Donald Trump was probably not one of our friends of the Second Amendment. Um, and, you know, to that point, I think they have a legitimate argument, at least a conversation starter with the regulations that got started uh, after the Las Vegas tragedy there um, at the MGM Grand, uh, the 
the crusade to ban arm braces, I'm sorry, not arm braces, the crusade to ban bump stocks was taken up by uh, President Trump and he made it a mission to get it done. And after a year or so, he got it done. And that started the slippery slope for what we're seeing now with polymer 80 and with braced pistols and everything else. So I am not a fan in any way, shape or form of any type of uh, legislation or infringement on our rights. Our rights have been so severely infringed upon. In fact, after the other on the other side of the break in a minute here, we're going to talk about what you guys can do to write during the open comment session on the ATF pistol brace issue. Right now, conversation and comment session is open, and I'm going to give you guys the uh, website to go to so that you can comment on it as well, the open comment period on these braced pistols. It's going to be closing early January, so make sure you get in and, and make your voice heard. But anyway, uh, I think that with all that being said, I'm not happy that my business does well in election years because the prospect of a hostile regime coming in and restricting our rights further, I would rather suffer with poor sales than live in profit off our rights being taken away. So I know that doesn't exactly, um, there's no way to prove that. <laughs> Other than you just got to take my word for it. But frankly, I'm a patriot first and a businessman second. And I get infuriated anytime legislation is proposed. And anytime uh, a, red, uh, a new administration is threatening to, to ban guns or restrict them further, I think is they should be met with overwhelming force at the ballot box and not even given a chance. And I think even to this day, there's more gun owners as far as whether just in spirit or in reality than non-gun owners. I still think the majority of Americans believe in the right to keep and bear arms. And so that's a good thing. And I hope that continues to be the way of the land. But we'll talk about this more on the other side. We'll be right back. This is Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary. Now it's time for the adventures of CGW, champion of Second Amendment rights. CGW, can you help me get my firearms license? Of course, sir. Sign up for a license to carry course at CapeGunWorks.com and start your journey today. Cape Gunworks, home of CGW. But keep it a secret. It's no secret. Shoot over to Cape Gunworks for the savings and selections that can't be beat. That's Cape Gunworks, home of CGW. Alexander Hamilton said, Those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road, Hyannis, or capegunworks.com. Uh, 
All right, welcome back. This is Toby Leary. You're listening to Rapid Fire here on 95.1 WXTK and on our social media challenge, uh, channels at capegunworks.com. Click on Rapid Fire and you can comment, you can ask questions, you can make fun of me, you can do whatever you want to do. Uh, <laughs> we will read them if it entertains me in the least or if it's a legitimate question. We will certainly read them over the air here for the rest of the listening audience. So uh, spread the word, spread the message. It's the first time in, I don't know, ever that we've heard gun talk on our radio stations here locally and in behind the lines in Afghanistan. So, um, yeah, we're in hostile country here. You know, there's people that want to make sure our rights go away forever in the state house and representing us in Washington. So hopefully that will not happen in our lifetime or ever. And I hope that the second amendment will be preserved for a long time to come. So I want to read you guys something. The comment period is open right now for the ATF's new look at stabilized weapons or pistol braced weapons or braced pistols if you want to call it that so they have this new open docket folder and i'm going to tell you where to find it it is uh it is on www.regulations.gov so go to www.regulations.gov and then once you get there there's a search bar um when you get enter into the search bar, ATF space 2020 R-10. So ATF space 2020 R-10. And you'll see that it'll bring you up to a, a, a comment forum, if you will, or a, a comment area on the ATF uh, docket, if you will. So I just typed out a short two-paragraph comment. You guys are welcome to opine and go further or talk about it. I just figured I'd keep my comments brief and short. And I'm going to read to you guys what I said in the open comment session here. So here goes. <clears throat> Hello. I feel the last few years of braced pistols on the market has exposed the lack of need for the NFA and specifically short-barreled rifles. With the advent of the pistol-braced weapons, there has been no additional spike in crime with modern sporting weapons, nor has it shown to promote crime with these weapons. This has been a quote-unquote loophole to the NFA SBR process and proven the lack of need for the NFA. We also have seen regulations, which frankly are an infringement on the Second Amendment, that are arbitrarily interpreted and enforced. We have seen the policy change several times, which is nothing more than entrapment, as when the policy enforcement changes, it instantly makes law-abiding people into criminals or felons. I feel that the rights of the law-abiding citizens should be fully restored. The changing of the definition of braced pistols should not change, nor should it be enforced any differently, and the NFA should cease to exist. The transfer of SBRs, SBSs, silencers, AOWs, and machine guns can be done through the same methods of any other firearm transfer. Thanks for your attention to this matter. Best regards, Toby Leary. So, 
there it is. That's what I wrote. It's short and sweet. It's not hostile. It's not, um, you know, it's just very matter of fact. And I believe it gets to the root of the argument. What is the NFA? The NFA is an infringement machine. Okay. It is a whole act created in the 20s, originally to combat you know, organized crime and gangsters running around with Tommy guns. Uh, but it was enacted to restrict access to otherwise um, legal weapons. So now the weapons are still legal to own, but they are severely restricted through arbitrary processes and other forms of, uh, you know, checks and balances, if you will, and another tax being levied upon people for exercising their Second Amendment right. So, I mean, you want to get back to the root of the argument of taxation without representation. What is the difference of a rifle with a 16-inch barrel versus a rifle with a 14-and-a-half-inch barrel? There's zero difference. In fact, one could argue that the 16-inch barrel is slightly more lethal because it builds up more velocity than the 14 and a half inch barrel or the 10 and a half or the 12 and a half or the seven and a half, whatever barrel length you want to pick. Is the 15 inch barrel any more concealable than the 16 inch barrel? No, obviously a seven inch barrel is if you're wearing a trench coat and you want to carry a gun under your arm like the secret service. But frankly, you could do that with, uh, you know, any 16 inch barrel rifle as well. And I, the whole point of the matter is we're talking about law-abiding citizens anyway. So you're a law-abiding citizen. You can't own a gun with a 14-and-a-half-inch barrel unless you jump through hoops, pay a $200 tax, wait six months, get fingerprinted, photographed, and send your registration form to the federal government so that they can keep tabs on it and you, and then you're not allowed to go across state lines without first notifying the ATF and whatnot. But all of a sudden, here comes this guy who was a veteran and was hurt during one of the wars in Iraq or Afghanistan, I can't remember which, and he lost, you know, full mobility in his arms. So he came up with this brace for a AR pistol, which AR pistols have been around for a while, but this just kind of extended back and clamped around his forearm so he could shoot the braced shoot the pistol a little easier. It was easier to hold up a heavier pistol than the um, than a you know a standard pistol and it stabilized it so he could shoot it. And at first the ATF ruled, okay, cool, but don't ever put it to your shoulder because if you do, then you just manufactured a short barreled rifle. Well, after kicking that around the dirt for a while, they realized, well, actually, it doesn't change the, the gun at all, so they can't really define it as a rifle because it still meets the definition of a pistol. So with a, with a lot of debate, they, they came out and said, okay, we got to change this. So they did. They made the right call. They said, if you do shoulder fire the pistol brace, you haven't changed the, the pistol at all in its configuration. You're still have a pistol it just has a brace and you're just using the brace differently than it was intended and 
it made sense. So that has been the law of the land for the last few years. And then all of a sudden, in the last few months here, uh, Q, a small manufacturer up in uh, New Hampshire, to our north in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, which makes phenomenal firearms, by the way. I love their guns. I have one of their Honey Badger short-barreled rifles, and it is a phenomenal gun. And they also make some great bolt-action rifles, they, the Fix, they call it, the Mini Fix. Um, so anyway, they have a bunch of really neat guns, and they also make a carbine, but they've specialized in the shorter-barrel rifles and now these braced pistols. They were given a cease and desist letter and told to stand down and stop manufacturing. You're manufacturing short-barreled rifles. Now they just kind of arbitrarily came against them when all the major manufacturers are doing the same thing. But they said, based on the surface area and the design and you're putting heavier optics on these guns than could otherwise be used and can't be shot one-handed, you've now changed the definition and you're making a short-barreled rifle and the com the type of parts in your pistol brace and the components used and hard plastics and blah, 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 blah have made a short-barreled rifle. So again, it's flipped the switch to arbitrary and capricious. It's very uh, subjective and whoever's in charge can, they get a hair across their butt about this or that, they can just go ahead and change it. And now that they're wanting to change the definition of it, they've opened up the comment period, and we highly recommend you guys go ahead and comment on it. This is a another overreach uh, to the Second Amendment, and we really hope that you, you know this stops dead in its tracks. And President Trump, frankly, could um, could stop this right now, or at least uh, you know start to say how displeased he is with this whole process unfortunately he kind of let the cat out of the bag with the whole bump stock regulations and now this is just another thing that can happen um, it's always been happening but uh, frankly we need a leader to come out in strong opposition to it and you know put the second amendment firmly back in its place right now it's been infringed upon trampled on and we'll talk more about that on the other side as well you're listening to rapid fire i'm your host toby leary we'll be right back alexander hamilton said those who stand for nothing will fall for anything this is toby from cape gunworks when our founding fathers drafted the second amendment there was no question of its meaning today if you have questions come to cape gunworks for some advice training or to send a few rounds down range we have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns crossbows archery classes rentals a 15 lane range and a friendly staff come on down to cape gunworks airport road hyannis or capegunworks.com and now it's time for the adventures of CGW, champion of Second Amendment rights. CGW, I need presents for my husband. Come to Cape Gunworks. Their super staff know what men need. Cape Gunworks, home of CGW. But keep it a secret. It's no secret. Shoot over to Cape Gunworks and slay this holiday season with savings. That's Cape Gunworks, home of CGW.
Alright everybody, welcome back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary, here on 95.1 WXDK. And join the discussion at capegunworks.com. Click on Rapid Fire and make sure you get signed up. And then share it with all your friends. Spread some holiday cheer and say, hey, did you check out Rapid Fire yet? And they'll say, what? What's Rapid Fire? <laughs> you can be the advocate that we need. So thank you guys. I have um, a lot of good sponsors coming after the first of the year. So you're going to get a break from my dusty voice in the breaks. And uh, But for now, they're the best we got. So hope they bring a smile to your face. Anyway, I just posted on social media where you can comment the uh, regulations.gov, then search ATF space 2020R-10 so that you can comment in the open comments. And uh, it would be great to have as many people as you know and I know go on there and comment while this, this is open. Bob is wondering, uh, he says he just needs a buffer tube kit, mil spec to complete his AR-15. And uh, do we have buffer tube kits in stock? And are we willing to do it? Absolutely. Come on down, Bob. We will help you out with that. We have all the parts you need to complete your build. And if you're looking to finish out your build, I got a call earlier today of a guy who bought a, a pre-Healy lower from us at the old location years ago. And it was um, it was a um, long time ago now, but prior to 7-2016, and he wants to build that out and get it registered while he can. And can he do that? And I said, absolutely you can. Come on down. We got everything you need to finish it off and, and make it the gun that you always wanted. So, um, yeah, that would be a good thing to do. Get it up. Come on down and get it done before the first of the year. Make it your New Year's resolution. Everybody out there who has one of those AR-15 lowers sitting in their safe saying, one of these days, well, let me tell you, one of these days has come and gone. It's time. The time is now. So let's do it. Let's get it done. We have some great uppers and lower, you know, lower parts kits and buffers and buffer tubes and stocks and all the gear and gadgets you need, not to mention optics and all that good stuff. So... Anyway, <clears throat> I got a question. Might I have any idea when we might see the next updated mass gun roster list? They're supposed to do that quarterly. I'm sure with COVID, that's a new excuse to why we shouldn't get it done anytime soon. But it seems like the quarterly updates are have turned into tertiary updates. They're doing about three times a year now. And... I'm sure at some point with COVID excuses, it'll probably turn into twice a year. But they are due um, right around the first of the year. January is about when it's due. And then they do one in March and usually do one in September. So uh, hopefully we'll see those that new list come out. The last couple have been, been pretty good. We've got some new guns to, um, you know, to to sell here in Massachusetts and Afghanistan. And if you're listening from a free state, you're like, what are they talking about? Well, what we're talking about is we have probably one of the most uh, civil rights defying laws on the books, and that is our attorney general back in 98 used the Consumer Protection Act as a big, heavy hammer to 
through a back shore, a back seat, a uh, back door, whatever you want to call it, gun ban, a back door gun ban. And uh, they used the Consumer Protection Act. Actually, this might even go back farther than 98. But um, what they did was say, all these guns need to be safe for consumers, just like cars have seat belts and they're put through rigorous testing. We need to make sure guns are put through rigorous testing and that they have safe belts, seat belts like, you know, safeties or a 10 and a half pound trigger pull or a big enough grip that a five-year-old or under can't grip it and grasp it and pull the trigger and all this stuff. And then it also has to meet the safety features of be able to fall down a flight of stairs or get baked in an oven or thrown across a room or frozen or hit with a hammer or whatever the heck they do to them in these testing uh, labs. And if they pass this arbitrary and subjective testing standards that we're going to create, then you can sell them. Now, this is obviously an expensive process for manufacturers to go through, and they have to send them to approved testing facilities. I'm sure there's no, like, you know, kickbacks or, you know, special treatments in any of these situations, but because all the politicians are above board in this regard. But um, anyway, you can uh, send a gun there. You got to send five copies of the gun that you want to sell in Massachusetts and you won't get it back. They're going to destroy it. And then they'll either pass it or fail it. And if they pass it, then you can go ahead and sell it as long as it meets the attorney general regulations, which is not law, but it's the attorney general's regulations. So in 98, Tom Riley said, wait a minute, all these Glocks that passed the drop test and burn test and kick test and throw test and freeze test, whatever other tests they put them through, you still can't sell them here because they don't meet the attorney general regulations. And I say they need a loaded chamber indicator. And because they don't have a loaded chamber indicator, they are therefore unsafe, even though 65% of all the police departments use it. Oh, and by the way, police departments or cops are exempt from the attorney general regulations because we can't just take 65% of the guns away from police departments. So there you have that. Um, <laughs> it's just crazy how arbitrary and how... They know that Glocks have inherently, in fact, they're called safe action pistols. They know how safe they are. That's why 65% of all police departments use them. Uh, so they couldn't just arbitrarily take them away from them. So they just exempted all cops and, uh, you know, police organizations from the attorney general regulations. And it's two-tiered justice system, one for thee and one for me, as we've seen so much in this country so much lately it is really sad but anyway join the gun owners of america and i couldn't agree more uh, i'm a life member of them i also support firearms policy coalition second amendment foundation com 2a gun owners action league um, but uh, this saf and the fpc this uh, firearms policy coalition are on the front lines every day and they are where you should put your federal gun money towards your, you know, Second Amendment defense money. Uh, gun Owners of America is also very good. So I highly recommend you guys support these groups that are doing a lot of good work. Locally, we have Gun Owners Action League and Com2A. 
uh, that have done a great job. Not to mention the NSSF has stepped up to the plate amazingly in the past, which leads me to give you a little plug for the NSSF. Um, this January 16th, 17th, and 18th, we have the NSSF first shots at our range. So I highly recommend you come. It's $25. If you've never fired a gun, come on down. You don't need a license to shoot. Uh, come on down. If you haven't got your license yet, you can turn around and use a voucher that we're going to give you to give you $100 off a live fire class that night. So you can come in and take the live fire portion of the class in the NSSF first shots at our range. We have two time slots, 10 a.m. and 2 p.m., or 10 a.m. and 12 p.m., I'm sorry. And then that night we're going to have a, uh, a class, a license to carry class. So for 100, uh, for 75 bucks, you can take the $175 live fire license to carry class, and you can get your uh, first shots part of it out of the way. And you're going to also get, as a gift from the NSSF, some eye and ear protection uh, free of charge just for taking it with us, and I highly recommend you do it. Go to capegunworks.com forward slash classes and look under events. You'll see there's six time slots you can sign up for, 25 bucks a piece, and go there and get it done. And uh, if you never fired a gun, this is going to be the event to go to. You'll be with a lot of people who haven't fired a gun and a lot of good instructors that are going to show you how. So go ahead and do that. Go to capegunworks.com forward slash classes and search under events. All right, we'll be right back. This is Toby Leary. You're listening to Rapid Fire. Stay tuned. And now it's time for the adventures of CGW, champion of Second Amendment rights. CGW, can you help me get my firearms license? Of course, sir. Sign up for a license to carry course at CapeGunWorks.com and start your journey today. Cape Gunworks, home of CGW. But keep it a secret. It's no secret. Shoot over to Cape Gunworks for the savings and selections that can't be beat. That's Cape Gunworks, home of CGW. Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road Hyannis or capegunworks.com. All right, welcome back. This is Toby Leary. I'm your host of Rapid Fire every Saturday night from 7 to 8 on WXDK and archived on our website, capegunworks.com. Click on Rapid Fire. Share, like, subscribe. Do everything that you need to do to get the word out there and we'll greatly appreciate it. And it'll keep this content moving. It'll keep the chains moving up the field. And uh, I appreciate you guys. So, before the break... And before the last break, I threatened to explain what I meant about the restrictions on the gun-owning community or the Second Amendment. And I've said this before on my live streams, but we tolerate 
egregious infringements on our right to keep and bear arms, more so than we would with any other right. And I, I like to use the First Amendment as a good example of this. So if you, you know, we're going to do a public speech or you're a public speaker or something like that, and you wanted to give a speech at a college or a church or a, you know, birthday party or a bar mitzvah or something, wherever you want to give a public speech or even online on social media, on YouTube, on Instagram, on Facebook, and you, you're going to, you know, provide a speech or give a talk or whatever, a lecture. And before you could do that, you had to go down and take a class. You had to pay 125 bucks to take a class on how to give a speech, on what you can and can't say, on what safe speech is and what hostile speech is. And you're told, you know, how to give that speech in a way that, you know, won't cause any harm or unduly upset people or, you know, provide any, uh, you know, trauma, if you will, verbal trauma or verbal uh, you know, whatever. Uh, and so you sit through a four-hour class, you receive instruction on how to give that speech and what you can and can't say and what you can and can't do. And then at the end of that class, you got a certificate that says you have successfully completed this this class. Now you can go down to your local town hall or your local police department or wherever they're going to issue the permit. And you go down there and you pay another fee of $100 and you say, I'm here to give my, uh, get my permit so I can speak, you know, at, at the local university or at the church or at the, you know, party or whatever or online. And they say, well, you know what, you, right now we're going to restrict you to online because we don't want you to be able to go and, and speak at a college or a university until we've fully vetted how you're going to speak and we'll we'll watch you and monitor that online. So right now we're going to give you the the speech permit but it's going to be restricted to online only. And you know, you say, "Oh geez, you know what the heck? I really want to go give a speech down at the college." Well, I'm sorry, but we're going to we have the discretion and we're going to restrict that speech to online content only. So they stamp your thing. Oh, and b by the way, before they stamp it, they send it off to the state police for a background check. They fingerprint you, they photograph you, they take your $100 check and they deposit it with the local town budget. It goes into the coffers of the town. And then you wait two or three months, even though they say in the regulations or the law that they have to respond within 40 days, they're not going to get back to you for another you know, 30 or 40 days after that. And so two or three months down the road, they send you the permit if your background checks out and they give you your permit to speak online and or if you're really good and they've cleared you and they say okay well you know don't screw it up we're going to give you an unrestricted speech permit you're going to be able to speak at the local college at the church at the party at the ball field whatever you're going to do you can speak anywhere you want but you can't speak at certain you know public buildings or whatever like that but you know there's that's just the law about that so make sure you don't try to exercise your free speech at these public buildings and then they issue you the permit. Now, if you go to try to speak at the college and they say, let me see your permit, you say, ah, geez, I forgot it at home. They'll say, well, you're going to have to go get it. You can't speak until you show me the permit. So you jump in the truck, drive home, get the permit, come back, and then they say, oh, and by the way, we need the PIN number that came with your speech permit. 
And you say, well, geez, I don't have the PIN number. What, what's the PIN number? Oh, it was in the envelope. It was folded up in a piece of paper with the with the permit that they issued. So now you got to go back to the house, open the filing cabinet. You don't have it. Oh, well, here's a phone number. You can call and retrieve your PIN number for your speech permit. Um, and then you, you get them the PIN number. They run that. And after you know much ado, you're able to go ahead and speak. If we inflicted that level of restriction on any of our other rights, any one of them, Fifth Amendment, the right to keep silent, the right to remain silent, or the First Amendment, the right to speak, the right to assemble, the right to gather, um, there would have been a revolution as soon as that was passed. But because it's guns, people can say, well, we really just, you know, it's guns. I mean, they kill people. They, they could kill people. Well, okay. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of our freedoms that aren't necessarily safe. But then again, um, you know, we don't restrict them, right? So, uh, you know, whenever we accept the infringements put on them by us, the people, then we're kind of lying in the bed that has been made. And I get a lot of people comment on our social media like, just move out of Massachusetts. Well, frankly, Massachusetts is the beta test for what will come down the pipe to the rest of the country until we stop electing people who want to take and you know take away our guns. Frankly, I'm I'm flabbergasted that uh, the Biden administration, who is so overtly willing and wanting to take away our Second Amendment rights, has broadcast that from day one, and you know has appointed. Beto O'Rourke as the, his guns are, so the, the guy who spoke in the debates, hell yeah, we're coming for your AK-47s and your AR-15s. So this is the guy who's going to be in charge of this. And he's also talked about doing it through uh, executive order. Not to mention they want to, you know, uh, defund a lot of police departments and, you know, change the way police work is done, which, you know what, frankly, there is some element that I agree with to that. I, do, I don't think what the mass legislature just passed is the step in the right direction. But I would like to see some reforms to, uh, you know, police work, but frankly, not sending social workers to domestics, you know, maybe with police officers. So after the, you know, thing has been neutralized, they can help and intervene. I want to see people get help. I want to see people, you know, uh, survive interactions with police but i don't believe that police are out looking for a fight i believe they have a tough job and every day their job gets tougher and it's a thankless job and you know we want to take tools away from them on and make it harder for them to do their job that's not a step in the right direction so anyway i'll get off the soapbox for a minute but just think about the second amendment like that so um someone saying is the pen really mightier than the sword uh, you never know. And how about that actor? What was the actor there that uh, just said, when the people with guns say that you don't need guns, that's exactly why we need guns. <laughs> it was, uh, what the heck is his name? It's a meme floating around the Instagram in interwebs right now. But it's so true. When the people in charge with the guns are saying you don't need guns, that's exactly why you need guns. <laughs> so anyway, that's why the government gave us the right to keep and bear arms. Our government was, uh, you know, the the uh, founding fathers were pretty smart guys. And they saw tyranny 
and uh, lived through it. And they dumped the tea in the Boston Harbor for a reason, that whole taxation without representation. And frankly, we're living in an overtaxed, overregulated society. And hopefully uh, that'll all start to change. But if the last election, you know, there's a lot to be talked about that still. Um, if that's any indication uh, of what the future is going to look like, then frankly, our days and our rights are numbered. So hopefully that's not the case and we can see some good moving in the right direction in the future here. So, all right. Um, yeah, the puppies and unicorn speech. That's right. That's exactly right, Bob. So anyway, let's get back to some more of your questions. Um, MP says, what prevents gun store owners, Second Amendment advocates, or conservatives more generally from joining together and organizing a PAC and mass to um, support a candidate to run against Healy for AG? Is it just money? I would say that, um, yeah, money is the driving factor of it, but certainly there's nothing to stop, uh, you know, groups from forming and uh, lobbyists and whatnot and until a strong candidate steps forward and get, gets wins the hearts and minds of the liberal community, I don't think it's going to happen. It can't just be conservatives. It's got to reach across the aisle, and liberals have to be brought on board as well. And there's a lot of liberals that own guns, and there's a lot of liberals that believe in the Second Amendment. And, uh, you know, until that issue jumps a couple of their other issues on the scale of why they vote or who they vote for, um, that's not going to change. So we can do it, though, winning hearts and minds, being inclusive instead of exclusive. So anyway, we'll be right back. Stay tuned. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary. Thanks. It was late in the evening and all through the store. All was locked and all secure. The safes were closed and the range was bare, waiting for the staff to soon be there. Be it Toby or Brendan or Howie or Roy, the Cape Gunworks team always brings joy. Bestowing safe and secure Hanukkah and Christmas wishes to you and yours from Cape Gunworks, Airport Road, Hyannis. Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road Hyannis or capegunworks.com. All right, welcome back. This is Toby Leary. You're listening to Rapid Fire, and thanks for joining us. Hopefully you'll tune in weekly at 7 p.m. on WXDK 95.1, or you'll sign up at capegunworks.com, click on Rapid Fire for the social media feeds where you can listen to us live and get your questions answered. Speaking of questions, we have a question here. Um, NB is asking, do I recommend that LTC holders get carry insurance? 
And the answer to that is a resounding yes. I actually have two different forms of it. I have carry insurance through the NSF, I'm sorry, through the USCCA, the United States Concealed Carry Association. And I also have insurance through the US Law Shield. So basically how it works is through membership. Um, you become a member in this organization that has a big policy um, in place that they will support you if you find yourself in a defensive event or a defensive shooting, um, then they are going to step up to the plate, hire a local attorney. And in uh, the case of the U.S. Law Shield and the USCCA, uh, you're most likely to get Jason Guida, who's a Second Amendment attorney, who also just ran for U.S. representative as an independent, which kind of segues into what I was saying before the break. Here's a guy who's reaching across the aisle with his hand extended, and he's a phenomenal lawyer, and he understands Second Amendment law in Massachusetts as it pertains to mass law. He used to work at the um, attorney general's office, and so he knows how they operate, knows how they work, and frankly knows how to defend you if you find yourself in the unlikely event that you need to use a gun to defend yourself or somebody else that you love. But the point is, if you do find yourself in that situation, your whole world has just changed forever. Number one, emotionally and mentally, you're going to deal with that. But forget that for a second. The financial aftermath of a defensive shooting event has just taken your life and turned it upside down. The best you could possibly hope for is to go back to everything you already have and possess. It, without insurance, that is highly unlikely. So chances are you're going to be arrested, you're going to be charged, and you're going to have your day in court on facing down how to answer for what took place. They're not going to question you and say, well, was it self-defense? They might question you, but they're going to ultimately hook you up and take you down, and you're going to have your day in court. That's pretty much how it goes. Then even if you're let off in court for criminal charges or you found not guilty, then you can still be sued civilly. If you killed, you know, Joe when he broke through your front door and broke, broke your door down with a crowbar and came in and said, I'm going to bash your head in, and you shot Joe when he was standing in your living room, well, guess what? It seems like an open book, open shut case of self-defense, which it probably was. And the courts might even rule in favor of that. But Uncle Joe's family that lives up the street says, ah, oh, he's just a town drunk. He's a big hearted guy. He, you know, loves people. He must have thought he was in the wrong house. He was confused. He was going in the, your room to work on the car. That's why he had the crowbar and you shot him dead. And we're suing you for wrongful death. And that's where, you know, legal challenges or legal cases can bankrupt you, frankly. So unless you have hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank that's just salted away for that rainy day, if it might happen fund, you should be all set if you have that kind of money. But frankly, if you have a lot to lose, you have a nice house, You maybe the Cape House is your second home and you have a lot of assets you've worked hard for and you want to maintain those assets, you want to keep your money in the bank where it belongs and you know keep your house and keep your uh, assets, then frankly, you have more to lose. So it's another reason to get 
carry insurance and it's short money it is you know pennies if you you know per day i think us law shield is like 1095 a month and then i think uscca is a couple hundred bucks a year it's it's worth every penny and with the us uh, cca you get a lot of uh, other benefits training um, curriculum materials and whatnot so i highly recommend both and we endorse both and we actually sell both here at the shop or not sell but we can sign you up and have codes and whatnot so you can go to our website and you can sign up for either one whichever one fits your budget look, research them both they both work well and the uscca um is you know a group that i am a instructor for as well so some of the training classes that they have are phenomenal and the u.s law shield will also cover you if your primary residence is in New Jersey, where I think uh, New Jersey is a tough state to get some sort of coverage in and whatnot. So uh, if you primarily reside in New Jersey, and uh, you can get coverage in that state through uh, the U.S. Law Shield. So look into both of them, but I highly recommend uh, both of them. So great question. Um, Jared's wondering if we ever get the SIG three, uh, 230s. Uh, not lately. That gun I have not seen produced in a while. I don't know if they're still making it. Um, and do we ever have World War II rifles or handguns on the rental wall? Uh, we have a Thompson submachine gun, which is the it's, it's a uh, semi-automatic. It's not the fully automatic. So we've had that for rent on the on the rental wall in the past. And we've, I think that's the only, set, you know, World War II rifle that we've had for rent. But we do have a gun inbound that goes even before World War II. It's the Browning 1918 uh, belt-fed machine gun. So that is coming soon to a gun store near you. And we're going to go ahead and try to, um, we're going to try to get that, uh, figure out a way to do uh, some full auto Friday or something like that in a way that works well um, and meets all the checks all the legal boxes so that's a good thing and hopefully we get there so good question uh, we do ha also have the 1911 pistol which was a World War II handgun so you can certainly rent that gun and shoot that that's largely the same pistol as was in service in World War One and Two, so <laughs> all through all the wars until 1986. So there you have that. Stevens wondering, um, you can buy a gun at Cape Gunworks, but you cannot legally receive a plastic bag to carry it out. They're absolutely every day trying to take guns away. So that's true. You know, at one point we had this ban on plastic bags, this moratorium on them, and then all of a sudden they realized, well, wait a minute paper bags are destroying trees so maybe we got to go back to the plastic just make sure they break down in the sun which they've been doing for years so there you have that that's true uh ben is asking he just got his fid card how can he go about getting an ar in mass while having as little to go for, through to conform to wanted to get a fixed mag 10 round and you live in mass well ben the only way to get a ar platform in massachusetts is to get a fixed magazine ar-10 i mean ar-15 so um that's the only way with an fid card it has to be a non-detachable magazine so in massachusetts you cannot have a gun that you can 
that is considered a high capacity firearm with an FID card. You need to have a license to carry, and in that case, you need to be 21. So you'd have to get a fixed mag AR. Dark Storm Industries makes a phenomenal one. That'd be a good one to get. So look into that one, Ben. We get them from time to time. So there you have it. All right. Uh, Conan's wondering, have I talked about the Polymer 80 raid yet? We did last week, um, but uh, we'll talk about that on the other side. And uh, we'll be right back. Oh, this is it? So I lied. This is it. You guys are done. There's another rapid fire week in the bag. So you'll have to tune in next week. We'll talk about that Polymer 80 raid. Um, and go on the uh, website there, regulations.gov, and comment. Search out. Um, you want to search for ATF space 2020 R-10. And go ahead and make your voice heard at the federal level on what you think about this braced pistol ban that they are considering. So thanks for tuning in, guys. This is Toby Leary. You're listening to Rapid Fire. Go to capegunworks.com and join the discussion. Click on Rapid Fire. Spread the word. Hope everybody's well and happy new year. May God bless you in this 2021. And let's hope it's a better year than 2020. All right. God bless. We'll see you next week.